I do share the joy with you that the, finally we have a new president, but uh, I'm a little bit worried about the future. Welcome to the Asian American Forward podcast. This week we're talking presidential transitions. Uh, So we'll get into some of Trump's legal challenges to the results of the 2020 presidential election. We'll also be reacting to Biden's inauguration and kind of analyzing how the reactions to this election uh, might make an impact on American democracy going forward. Um, all of that and a little bit more. So as usual, joining me to discuss all of this is my regular co-host, Don Sun. Hi, Don. Hi, Katie. Uh, hi, everyone. Listen to our podcast. I'm excited and try to share ourselves with everyone. Good to talk to you this week. And I'm excited um, to uh, get into all of the legal nitty gritty, but also some of the more symbolic things about um, Biden's inauguration uh, this past week. So um, kind of jumping right into it, as we've seen, ranging from the over 50 cases Trump's team has filed um, challenging the election results in specific states um, to encouraging his supporters to storm the Capitol building on January 6th. The transition to the new Biden administration over this past month has been a little more complicated than we normally see. Um, And this could be really concerning to some people as the peaceful transition of power is one of the main hallmarks of a successful democracy. Um, So to see this much resistance to a fair election is not only troubling from a legal perspective, but also um, from the perspective of a general citizen. But we wanted to bring kind of a measured response to this and give our listeners some context on these events, Um, do a little analysis and maybe look forward to see to the future to see how this might affect um, American democracy. So the the first thing that we wanted to get across, or I thought that it would be a good place to start with, um, is the important background information for all of these stories and kind of a unique feature of American government, which is the balance of powers. Um, I've been thinking a lot about this issue lately because I'm teaching government to high schoolers starting in a few weeks. Um, So uh, as we know, the founders set up three branches of government with specific branches serving to check other branches and having specific powers um, in terms of making laws or legislating. So give us like your basic 101. How does the how does the government work? What is the balance there? I don't know if it's the whether we just jump into the uh, Trump's uh, behavior or it's the we just uh, at this moment uh, I think it's uh, if we talk law or it's the U.S. government uh, three branches uh, balance and check in abstractive uh, uh, terms it's a uh, pretty pretty hard to understand or make people feel bored. I just want to jump in and talk about the uh, go Trump. for it. Yeah, the the only thing is uh, bring me. In January 6th, the, the road and the uh, storm of a Capitol Hill, that's a, give me some kind of a reminder that the best, worst people or bad people make the best law. So we never expected uh, the branch, the government branches have a such violent 
conflict, especially the chief of a commander of the country used the executive branch power, it's still in power, to attack other branch openly and inside the, the, the people. Because there's so many people believe Trump is still legitimate win the election. So he himself never acknowledged he, he, lose, he lost the election. It's not good. No, it's not. Um... And so I'm wondering also if you just had any reactions to the events on January 6th that you wanted to get out. Um, I was really struck just by all of the images of the people walking around in the Capitol building, thinking about like times when I visited DC as a child with my family um, and how tight I know, you know, if you've ever visited the Capitol building or really anywhere else in DC, how tight the security is, it was really, um, stunning to see people just waltzing around kind of willy-nilly in the building. So I was wondering if you had any reactions also that you wanted to share with our listeners. Yeah, of course. It's, uh, you know, it's uh, for the Asian American and uh, involve some politics. I visit the Capitol Hill almost uh, every year, maybe three to four times every year to visit uh, for a uh, district representative, visit other congressional uh, members or representatives and talk to them and bring people there, bring some issue there and sometimes with uh, black uh, uh, people or with Latino people or with the Jewish community people just go there trying to talk about the policies and uh, become routinely visit there. So it's uh, uh, I do respect uh, one of the branches uh, uh, give the people's honor and the people go there with uh, so much respect to the people elected. Every single congressional member, both the senator and the congressional member, they have uh, carried so much power and uh, so much the people's will and the willingness uh, working in the Capitol Hill. By the January 6th, uh, the, the road is uh, really damaged the whole institution. And uh, it's not only a security issue. You know, it's the security issue is only a very, very tiny part of the problem. It's the, so those kind of things just uh, remind me this how powerful the language, the incitement by the president. So it's a politician. They have nothing but the power of a language. So sometimes the people just uh, blindly believe some lies. And those kind of uh, people, they still have a lot of people around the country believe Trump won the election. So that's the trouble. And that's going to last a long, long time until someday Trump acknowledges a fair election. No election is a fair at all. It's a politics. I mean, the, the Fair means the hundred percent, no mistake, no error. Mm -hmm. So it's every election have an error, have have some certain percent that the problem, or it's some certain percent of fraud. You see the dead people vote, and uh, uh, of course this can be uh, correct after this election cycle, and the people sign the uh, the ballot for other people. This will all happen. But there's no way you can systematically change your 5,000 counties of votes together. There's no way. 
because the, each politician, regardless of their Democratic Party or Republican Party, they cannot go to from one county to another county, tell them to change the vote in the same pace and go to the different printer to change the different ballot because we, we choose our city's mayor or city's council member together with the president. The other city, they have a different ballot. So there's no way to do the conspiracy. I still don't believe the people, they truly believe this election is a conspiracy around the country. There's no way. Yeah, it really highlights the way that and there really are kind of two Americas in some ways where yeah. you can go through your whole sort of life uh, believing one thing or through, you know, believing one thing about the election and about uh, what's true and what's not true. Um, and definitely I want to hit on what you said about uh, language and how politicians true power is like and how they're able to speak to us. Um, so we, we saw um, an inauguration this past week. So Biden assumed office relatively peacefully. Clearly, there's still some support out there, though, for Trump, um, despite his being the first president in history to be impeached twice. <laughs> um, but I was wondering what your reaction was to just the ceremony of Biden's inauguration and how you think he'll do at uniting kind of these two Americas. Do you think he has a shot? I feel a little bit worried, actually. It's not on the ceremony. Ceremony is a pretty smooth. I'm worried it's uh, the first day Biden signed 17 executive order. I personally, there's, a, I think, at least a nine executive flip over the uh, Trump's policy. Let's show the signal is that he's uh, completely against Trump. But uh, I personally feel this country need united. The first day you send the executive order to overturn nine of Trump's executive order, doesn't give a very good signal to the country. There's a priority. Some policy, like international, like a climate change, those kind of things, you don't need first day to do it. You can wait. Maybe you can wait. You build a consensus in the Capitol Hill, working with the Republic, go through legislative branches, work with them to build a, a Republican supporter. But the go through the executive order, that's the only two questions needed when you cannot reach agreement or consensus in the legislative branch. That's the, my understanding. The second issue is uh, whether the impeachment is uh, possible for the second uh, time in the history. One president got two impeachment. I personally feel uh, maybe too early to say, I think I probably couldn't go through. Even Mitch McConnell has uh, stayed in this, the last day in the Senate, says that Trump uh, has a uh, impeachable the, the behavior and mm -hmm. the signal to the Senator and uh, Republican colleagues and they're going to impeach Trump. 
but uh, I don't feel very strongly because in history, there's no, the president has left the office be impeached because impeached by the meaning itself is removed from office. Doesn't have any sense forbidden him to return to the political position. So this is a both legal challenge and a political decision. Mm -hmm. Senator has a political decision to punish any presidential behavior is bad, always the uh, impeachable the, the behavior. Senator can do it, but this is purely on the political side. Supreme Court is uh, in the constitution, the impeachment is uh, only one president on the seat. So from one side, you can see with impeachment that started from a congressional uh, the congressional chamber is going to be okay. But uh, January 20, Trump is out. Mm -hmm. Senate doesn't conduct impeachment yet. So this is a timeline is different. I don't know whether Supreme Court is going to listen to this kind of uh, argument or hearing, but I think if a Senator convicted uh, Trump, uh, to pass the impeachment. And I think uh, Trump's lawyer going to bring this case to the Supreme Court. That's the constitutional challenge. But I personal feeling most Republican in the Senate may not be go for vote for impeach because it's, a, I think it's a page should turn. So it's a, the Republican want to reserve their base and just uh, punish uh, Trump doesn't make too much sense, at least for me. Even uh, Mitch McConnell have a show his uh, justice or show his fairness and send signal to his colleague. But I, I don't believe it's a senator going to have a fully uh, convincing power and the vote, yeah. enough vote to go through it. Yeah, and it seems to me also that Biden doesn't really have it doesn't seem like he has a great desire to sort of spend those first days of his presidency yeah. trying to litigate the last four years. Um, yeah, and the precedent is often brought up of Gerald Ford uh, pardoning Nixon when he took office, um, which is a decision that probably cost him his second term, but also was sort of seen as necessary um, for healing the healing the country after the scandal of Watergate. I think what's really different and interesting about this case is, well, that Trump doesn't hasn't seemed to take any kind of responsibility for his actions. You know, Nixon stepped down at a certain point and was willing to concede that he had done something wrong. Um, and, and then there's also the question of Trump being able to run for president again in 2024. Uh, I personally don't believe Trump has any chance to coming back on the 2024. You know, it's uh, uh, the most people believe or fear, or even Democratic Party, most likely they are fear of uh, Trump to coming back on the 2024. I personally think there's no chance anymore because it's a politician and the new politicians coming up from a next generation that will bring some uh, fresh ideas. And uh, Trump is a representative, very, very limited, uh, the diehard supporter. And this one, uh, this group, you see the national poll 
when Trump leave office, he created the lowest national approval rating and the highest disapproval rating. When he leave the office with this kind of a record, I don't think it's, uh, he can mobilize enough voters to work for him. And also there's uh, no money to support him to run the 2024. I think uh, uh, Democratic Party is uh, over exaggerated the possibility of Trump coming back. I don't think so. The only way Trump coming back is uh, try to start build some business empire, always in the media, always a movie, something like that in the entertainment. That's the my expectation. Trump is not politician. Since mm. day one, he's not politician. And if you want him to be the career politician, I don't think so. He doesn't want to be the 2024 uh, candidate is going to be very, very struggle for himself. And also there's no base. I'm, I appreciate your confidence about that, <laughs> that there's no base. I don't know. It is also striking how relatively stable his approval rating was, even with all of the scandals that went on. I mean, he was impeached twice in the last 12 months. We've seen a pandemic. And that's like only in this past year. Um, so I do really wonder if there needs to be some kind of uh, national reckoning. I don't know what that would look like, but definitely um, I think the, the Biden administration faces a difficult task in trying to bring in those Trump loyalists, as you were saying, and also like signal to the American people that the response to the 2020 election is like not appropriate and shouldn't be tolerated. I personally, uh, if you have enough experience in the politics, uh, the regular voter or the people we call, generally they are very, very uh, easy to forget something. Their memory is very short and uh, their loyalty is uh, very, very short term too. So it's the, when they found a spiritual leader, if that kind of a leadership is not going to the religious believing, it's not going to sustain. So, but uh, take Trump as a religious type of a leader, that's going to very, very little tiny part of the, uh, the people, like a white supremacy people, always a diehard believe Trump put the American first and uh, try to uh, support him for 2024. That's maybe among the 70, 70 million people, there may be 7 million at the most. So it's a uh, most people, they either vote for the in general concept of Trump's or is a Republican. That have to be two factors combined together. If a Trump build some new party called the, the whatever the party he called his name, I don't believe Patriot, it. I think. Yeah, yeah, Patriot. Yeah. If, if he build the Patriot uh, party, I don't think it's the people going to pay the party's deal every month and to support uh, Trump. Trump is a very pragmatic business person. He's not idealism have uh, some vision and ideal want to build some new society. He's kind of a identify American problem and try to use his way, 
maybe try to solve it. Some is he 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 touch, but the, when you think a politician, they can hundred percent deliver their promise. That means they can hundred percent solve the problem. Uh, Trump only deliver like a twenty five percent promise of his during his campaign, like a fifty more than fifty percent the promise. It's just completely nonsense. Never even touch it. So it's a there's a part of a promise he executed. So it's a pretty pretty hard for a politician if he promise a lot and deliver only a quarter of a whole promise. There's no way you can come back. Politician they have nothing but the trust of people. If people don't trust your promise, you will never coming back. And he knows. And I think is that he's not going to come back. Don't worry. Well, we could go back and forth all day about Trump and his cult of personality and how interesting all of that is. Um, but I also wanted to highlight, of course, the historic nature of this inauguration, which has kind of gotten lost in the midst of the coronavirus and all the protests and just how unusual everything has been this past year. Um, but we now have the first woman vice president of the United States ever. So I wanted to like get your reaction and talk a little bit about, of course, the new incoming administration as well. Number one, as a minority, or it's a black, Latino, Asian, Indian American, uh, Kamala Harris represent the American spirit and also the future of American the demographics, the the the. Uh, structure so it's a on the one side it can be done a lot of a good things for the united country together just by simple show his face and share his personal story and also you see the administration and the in the new administration Kamala Harris has put a lot of a, her friend and the Indian American uh, put into the uh, cabinet. So in this way, the country is going toward a more tolerant, not only white supremacy or dominant, the male dominant uh, the cabinet or leadership. That's one thing. The other thing is uh, Kamala Harris uh, uh, from California goes through the presidential election and uh, she was almost the first to drop off. So that means that her base is uh, not enough. And uh, we don't know that during these uh, four years of vice presidency, she can build a very strong economic and political or social, uh, social uh, knowledge about the next four years, because uh, I personally think Biden is going to run the president say stay in the president only one term and going to give the touch pass the touch to uh to Kamala Harris. So it's a way I will not only give give uh, the first the female president and also expected four years later maybe have a first female president. Let's depend on who is going to run as the nominee of a Republican. If there's a very very strong nominee from Republican and also this four years the economy become worse and worse every year. 
Democratic Party may lose next election. That's my personal feeling. Ooh, bleak news, yeah. bleak opinions. <laughs> but I wanted to bring out the thing um, that I was thinking about and talking, texting a lot with my mom about on Inauguration Day, um, yeah. which is uh, the outfits. So I brought some pictures that I want to share with you <laughs> and with our YouTube audience. So I'm going to get those pulled up. So, um, of course, we see with female politicians that they're always communicating. And of course, inaugurations and events like this are all about symbolism. Um, so I thought it'd be kind of fun to talk through some of the outfits uh, that were worn. Of course, we had a lot of people supporting American designers with their um, clothes on inauguration day. So uh, this is Kamala Harris, if you can't tell with the mask. Um, and she, like many other of the notable figures, uh, were wearing purple. Um, and so I sort of looked into what's what's the meaning behind all this purple. Um, Hillary Clinton also had on purple, as well as uh, Michelle Obama, who will look at her outfit, kind of a shade of burgundy. Um, and so it turns out that purple is uh, not only a symbol of traditionally associated with the suffragette movement, um, white gold and purple, I believe, are their three kind of traditional colors. Um, but also uh, a lot of outlets were kind of noting that by choosing not to wear red or blue, wearing purple, kind of a mix of those two symbolic political um, colors that uh, Kamala Harris and the other women dressed in purple yesterday were maybe signifying um, an approach uh, to unity and kind of indicating that maybe there is no red America and blue America kind of bringing them together with purple clothes. Um, another quick note about uh, Kamala Harris's outfit also, you see that she's wearing pearls, um, which is, I want, I gotta look it up and make sure I have the name right. So uh, also associated with um, Alpha Kappa Alpha, which was her sorority um, when she was at Howard University. Um, and so that kind of symbolism was all over um, the inauguration. Kamala Harris, again, also wearing a black American designer. Um, Jill Biden, also wearing an American designer, kind of an up and coming designer out of New York, um, who really emphasizes sustainability. Um, and so again, with the bold, confident colors, neither red nor blue as well. She was not wearing purple, but um, kind of has a, a color of calm on with the turquoise and um yeah and so also michelle obama wearing purple also wearing um a black american designer the final outfit that i also wanted to hit on today was the one that got the most coverage in my family group chat which is lady gaga who sang the national anthem and she had on a really interesting outfit. There were lots of uh, Hunger Games comparisons that I saw both in my family's comments on it and the New York Times did mention that she had a little bit of a Hunger Games vibe going on with her outfit. Um, but she was also wearing an American designer, um, the but uh, French slash Italian couture house, Schiaparelli, um, designed this kind of avant-garde dress for her. Um, but also uh, she was very much in theme with the theme of unity. She's got on this huge brooch with the dove and the olive branch, also traditional symbol of peace. Um, so I thought that that was also a really striking thing about 
the day on the 20th, which was just to, at the same time as things being very abnormal, looking at what it's like to have a normal, quote unquote, normal president again, to have an event where we can just talk about the clothes that everybody had on rather than being like, oh my gosh, what did the president just tweet? Um, and I, I did hear some people on a podcast I was listening to earlier commenting about um, how shocking it was to see those normal, the, the normal boring tweets from the Biden now presidency. Um, so yeah, did you have any other reactions, thoughts about the day? I don't know the, how the impact of this kind of a ceremonial sim, symbol going to impact people's heart or impact people's uh, uh, thinking. But uh, uh, I personally more want to dig into the policy. He faces so much trouble and so much uh, ideas to implement. And uh, I don't believe uh, uh, all government uh, employees are just lazy and they just like our leadership, like our vision. But when Biden take over the presidency, how many new vision, how many new power going to immediately pass along into the action to solve the normal people's daily daily problem or, or issue or the food on the table? There's uh, so much challenge. So it's uh, people pay attention to the color, to the clothing, probably just the uh, uh, students or some uh, people have money. But for most American people, they're looking for some check, looking for cash relief, looking for some real, real policy can knock in their door and uh, deliver the uh, vaccine to them. That's the, the what I take. I just really want to see something, real things happen different than uh, Trump. I, the, the first order is just a mandate uh, government employee to have a face mask. It looks like a, it's a not very smart move. Just no more common sense. This one doesn't need the president to give a first exact order to make it happen. So that's kind of the the warning sign for me, along with the other exactly order. So that means the may we may not expected very bold movement in the first one hundred days, or even pass some new laws there. So that's the things that I'm a little bit worried. Even I do share the joy with you that the finally we have a new president, but. Uh, I'm a little bit worried about the future, especially for this administration. There's uh, so many old folks and uh, Washington swap doesn't change at all. It's still old people, still old idea, still something is the, there's no new blood into the political system. The establishment continue going. This kind of thing is going to cause uh, two part of a uh, disruption, both within the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. So it's the, we see in three to six months, something going to happen on each party. So it's a new leadership is going to come out. Yeah, definitely as you pointed out, there's a lot to be done um, 
for the Biden administration and a lot of questions what the Democrats will do with their like two house majority in the Senate and, you know, the House of Representatives since uh, Warnock and Ossoff both won their races in Georgia kind of unexpectedly. Um, but yeah, I, I'm definitely also keeping an eye on and very interested to see, as you pointed out, language and like symbolism and communications is so much a part of part and parcel of the role of the president and can really have a big impact as we've seen um, yeah. from the Trump administration on just kind of the tenor of national life. Um, so I'll be interested to keep an eye on that. Um, and I think we're about out of time. We can wrap up with our usual segment though, uh, which is how are you staying entertained this week? The entertainment for me is just to go out, play golf. So it's, I book a two golf time. It's so hard to get a golf tea time. Well, I am ever the couch potato here to balance it out for people who don't like to go outside. Um, and maybe you live in a cold place. Um, I, my family and I have been watching on Disney plus, they have like a family remote watch feature. So we've been watching WandaVision on Disney plus and it's really weird, um, but I'm really enjoying it kind of riffs on a lot of classic sitcoms um, that I grew up watching. Like I love Lucy and Bewitched and all of those things. So I would definitely recommend it. Good, the people like you just like a fire fairy tales style, right? Story. Yeah. <laughs> For me, I'm more like a political dramas. Like a white- You should watch Borgen. Which one? Borgen, it's Danish, but it's really good. Yeah. Have you seen I, it? I started watching the, I think it's the first two episodes of the, the season. It's the, it's very, very interesting. Yeah, and really interesting. Looks like a, you like, you looks like the main character, right? Did you? Uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, a yeah, little I bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll wrap yeah, it up there for this. Smart enough. She's so <laughs> smart, right? Yeah. <laughs> We'll wrap it up there for this week, Don. Thanks for talking with me as always. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Just uh, shoot an email to us and give us a comment or suggestion. We welcome. We want to interact with everyone here. Thank you, Katie, as always. Thank you, Don. And my name is Katie Simpson. Our podcast is sponsored by Asian American Forward. You can visit our website at asianamericanforward.com. If you enjoyed the show this week or have a topic you'd like to hear us discuss on a future episode, send us your comments at info at AsianAmericanForward.com. We'd love to hear from you. You can also find us on Facebook and hear more conversations between Don and I at our YouTube channel. You should also subscribe there. If you're a fan of the show, leave us a review in the Apple Podcast Store or tell someone about us. It really helps people find the show. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you.